Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. I hope you've all been doing great. It is October 2018. The blue skies are turning a little gray. Everything is gravy. How are you? Today on the podcast, I have a duo. I chat with Karen Okonkwo and Joshua Kissy, the founders of Tonal. That's T-O-N-L, usually in all caps because that's how big they are and how big they're getting. So Tonal started not too long ago, uh, exactly about a year ago. And since then, they have blown up. And what is Tonal? Tonal is a diversity-driven stock photography site, company, all the above that these two started to really give diversity a voice in the stock photography world. And they get into why they started it, how they started it, what they were doing before, what they are doing now, and all of the above. Did I say that twice? It's all the above that we're about to get into. So without further ado, here is a conversation with Joshua Kissy and Karen Okonkwo. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Hey guys, this is Dane with the Dark Room Podcast. Thank you for hanging out with us. Today I have Joshua Kissy and Karen Okonkwo from Tonal, that's T-O-N-L, Tonal is a stock photography startup company that is changing the game in more ways than one. And they're going to jump into that and let us know all about it. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. Yeah, thanks for having us. So can uh, you guys kind of describe Tonal for for people and, and get into the backstory a little bit? Yeah, so Tonal honestly arose out of a need in imagery. Basically, imagery right now is very racially one-sided and doesn't really depict what the melting pot of the world looks like. And so Joshua and I decided back in 2016 that we really wanted to combat that, namely because we were seeing a lot of news clips of people within our community who were victims of, you know, homicides, such as Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, and their stories were being told of them, but in a very negative light. And so we thought, why not take back these stories of these underrepresented people and depict them correctly in both word and instant? Yeah. And so when you guys first had the conversations about this, were you both on the same page with it? Was it kind of something coming up that, that you know, you guys had chatted, chatted about before and then, you know, decided to go along with the, uh, with the company? Funny enough, we actually wanted to see this happen, but we didn't necessarily feel like we wanted to do it together. Um, I had approached Josh about the idea and stock photography to any, you know, photographer is not really enticing since stock photography is very homogeneous and stale and corny. So he really wasn't interested. But when we added the, when I added the element, excuse me, of diversity, he was like, yes, I'm on board. Let's do this together. However, I didn't want to do it. I actually wanted him to do it. I wanted him to really showcase his talents in that area. And he's like, well, if you don't do it with me, I'm not going to do it. So we actually ended up not doing it. Um, It took about a year for us, or not a year, but like seven months for us to actually come together and decide that this is something that we need to do. And at at that time, before when you guys were first talking, 
you both had your own things going on for sure, right? Like like street etiquette yeah. that was that was popping off at that time, right, Josh? Yeah, I mean for me, yeah, it, was a, it was a ton of work with street etiquette and Adidas primarily being one of our main clients, and I knew that I didn't have the mind share or like creative space after I came home to even think about another company or another idea. But there was something so enticing and really really important about the birth of Tonal, just because. You know, it wasn't like something we looked at and was just like, hey, let's both do this. It took time for both of us to kind of clear up space and also clear up our mind and, and current events happening that really impacted us to to kind of think of Tono and see how we could like help this this big issue. How, how did you how did you manage that time in, in the beginning? Because I know street etiquette must have been taking up most of it, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, what we kind of did with street etiquette was like, hey, like, we had Adidas, the U.S. Open, Starbucks, some other, like, residual clients. And we're like, you know what? We're going to have to, like, downsize on, like, some of the commitments to these clients. And the good thing about that is, like, a lot of the contracts were coming to an end. So we're like, okay, we're not going to renew on a lot of these projects that we have going right now. We're just going to do Adidas, and that will give us enough time to do other things. So Travis Scums, who's the other co-founder of Stratigate, started a agency magazine called Maroon World. And me and Karen started Tonal. So if it wasn't for like this downsizing some of the client expectations and deliverables and a relationship, I wasn't going to be able to fully do Tonal the way we've done for the past year or so. Yeah, and for sure. And you know what's funny, man, is I saw a video of you years ago on Mr. Porter. Oh, yeah. yeah. So those videos essentially inspired the way that I do video now and, and the way that I put wow. together mini docs, which is crazy because like those things made me get off the couch and like get a camera and want to shoot and all wow. that. And looking back, I was like, wait a minute, Joshua Kissy, how do like, Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, not to, not to chat about that for too much, but, yeah. but I mean, that was what 2012 or 13. So what was it like yeah. then you know, kind of like getting, getting this, like these giant eyes on you and getting this, this huge, you know, this huge source coming in and, and capturing your work. Yeah. I think Mr. That Mr. Porter opportunity was really cool. Cause it was based around how you dress. And at that time in the 2012 era, there was a large, large resurgence of men having this kind of sartorial twist and cared about how they look and how they present themselves. Um, so a lot of our work with Striatica, we're really on the forefront of that because we're documenting our own style as well as creating editorials that that have style, stylistic themes to them. Um, so, of course, for me, I was just like, okay, you guys just want me to pick out an outfit and dress and, like, just talk about it? Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was pretty simple. Like, it was just a random apartment in Williamsburg, part of Brooklyn. Just went, put on, I mean, I was, like, half naked, but put on <laughs> some clothes. <laughs> put on some clothes and just, like, put it on and talked about like my stylistic journey and like what I defined my style as and et cetera, et cetera. But it was a really cool experience because that video kind of went like viral. So a lot of people always be like, man, that Mr. Porter. I'm just like, it's literally two minutes of me. Undressing <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Like if that's what does it. No, yeah. but it, was, it was, it was content that in that time in 2012, there just wasn't a lot of content about style, especially when it came to men. Um, so this like video tutorial kind of like day in the life was really important for people and really important for me as well. Yeah, man. And so, you know, not just style wise, but, but photography wise and visuals wise, like yeah. you are 
an incredible artist and it's you know i'm sure that that is a huge driving force of of what you contribute to tonal so how have you kind of taken what you've been doing along the years and and shifted it into a creative force for tonal um i think the experience of what street can provide it was kind of like a creative playground like we really had no rules when it came to like what we created how we wanted to create it and i think i wanted to kind of identify some of those same ideals inside of tonal but just kind of encapsulate it a little bit. So a little bit more like free form with it, but still like in a controlled environment. Right. Um, Because basically what I'm talking about is like just photos in general, like a photo could be able to tell a story. And I understood that with our work with this etiquette, but I understood in tonal that stock photography is supposed to be storyless. It's supposed to be blank, supposed to be vapid. And and I really wanted to change that. So So I knew that me and Karen teaming up to form tonal that, there's an opportunity to tell stories through photography in a way that haven't been done before. So Shredicate really gave me the perfect backbone to be able to develop that with Karen. Awesome. And, and Karen, so you were doing, uh, you were doing sorority secrets before this, correct? Yes. And can you, yeah, yes, can you I chat was. about, chat about that and you know, like what, what that was, you know, how, how that played a role in, in your life at the point? Yeah, so the Sorority Secrets was my, you know, second dabble at really doing blogging, but this time this was more lucrative for us. So we were doing um, partnerships or collaborations with like Nordstrom and Target and Victoria's Secret and NBC. And what made us unique is that we had unique content because it was Sorority Secrets, you know, from beauty to fashion to health. But we were also um, putting together nice graphics and content. Some of it was our own imagery. Others we pulled, you know, from like Pinterest. And the pivotal moment for the story secrets that really led um, me to think about Tonal was the fact that um, I had a friend reach out to me and say, hey, out of curiosity, how come you don't showcase any Black people on, you know, the story secrets? And obviously I'm African-American, so I was caught off guard that that was a question. And I also couldn't believe it because I was like, there's no way that I'm not showcasing Black people. I mean, Obviously, I, I can I can see through that lens, but it challenged me to go to our site, to go to our social media, only to realize that they were, in fact, right. And so that forced me to want to, you know, implement change. I went online to try and find, you know, images of sorority women who were people of color. And it was very difficult for me to find content that was showcasing that. And so that was an aha moment for me. I'm like wow, what other things are not being racially diverse online? What other um, what other types of topics, you know, related to all types of people are not being showcased correctly? And so that's what sparked the, the idea of coming together with Josh to create something like Tonal so then people don't have to ever feel like they're not being representative. Yeah, you know, I'm wondering, do you, do you think that these other big stock photography companies are going to take that approach as well? Have you seen any of that happening in the last year or two since since you discovered that there really wasn't anything out there? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, diversity is trending. And so you're finding that a lot of people are trying to combat that. I think a lot of them are doing it because a lot of eyeballs are on them. And we all know that whoever controls the eyeballs controls the dollar. So I do think that money is involved when it comes to diversity. And so um, I definitely have seen a few brands who have stepped up to the plate to try to uh, provide that. But there are definitely a lot of brands who I don't think have done a good job of stepping up to provide 
uh, not only just diverse imagery, but imagery and content that actually can be used. And it's not just trying to hit like a status, you know, or a quota or anything like that. It, it actually looks authentic. Right. And so when, when you guys started this process, uh, were, you know, were there any, any like hard times in the beginning when it came to getting things started or getting the first website developed or, or having two or three versions of a site that, that, you know, kind of fell by the wayside? What was that initial build like? To be honest, like, even even when we were launching a website, like it was literally down to the hour. Like I was in Karen's house in Seattle, and I drank up like I, I didn't realize I drank like six energy drinks. And uh, <laughs> you're bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Yeah, no. Before I knew it, like my heart was beating so quick, I was like sweating, having a whole like situation. But basically, like we were like a week out from launching our site, and we realized we didn't do one important thing, and I was like storing all of the images <laughs> like, oh man so we're like we're finished we're done and like oh my god we didn't store all of the images so it took like a couple of days for us to do that and that was like you know we we're freaking out but we got it done and people were so excited and they're they're just so excited that a product like that was available yeah and i think that kind of overshadowed how much images we didn't have up from when we initially thought we were going to launch um, so that was kind of like a last minute Hail Mary pass that we kind of just like, okay, we're going to get this going, um, stay up really, really late. So it was me and Karen on our dining room table, just on our laptops with Amir, one of our web designers. And we're just going in, uploading as much images as we can at a time. How many, how many did you have? How many images did you guys launch with? To be honest, like I, there's a couple thousand, but I'm just not sure. I was just all ablaze just because it was all a gaze just because of those energy drinks. I don't quite remember, but <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was a couple thousand that we were, we were uploading just for the initial phase and we had different ca categories. So we wanted like to really categorize them how they should be. And uh, we knew first impression means a lot. So we didn't want to ruin that for all of the eyeballs and people that were waiting because we kind of did like three or four months of pre-launch uh, where we just kind of changed some of the splash pages, kind of teased the imagery, talked about it. So people were really, really, really following the launch. So we wanted to make sure we give them exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. So did you did you take all of the shots for the initial? Yeah. Launch? Yeah. Yeah. That was the scary part as well. Yeah. How but, hectic was that? <laughs> no, but basically, uh, I had about maybe nine months or ten months just to shoot. The great thing is like working with Triadicate and doing other types of projects, I was able to travel a lot. Yeah. So as I was traveling, I was just shooting people. So that was the great part. I was just like, okay, like we put out what Tonal is about. And a lot of people just kind of raised their hand and just like, hey, I really want to be a part of this. This is something that's important to me. Right. So we had a lot of people off of social media just email us and contact us to be a part of Tonal as part of our first launch catalog. And uh, there's still a ton of people that still want to be a part of it. But pretty much I just built up a whole image catalog over like nine to 10 months and shot images wherever I went, wherever I could and got people to sign model release forms. Yeah. And just, yeah, people were really just like pumped to be a part of it that it felt really cool um, to kind of like interact with people and talk about tone. It was like you're, you're on the ground marketing because you're talking about tonal with these people who are really passionate about it as well as shooting them for it. So it was just kind of this great energy that motivates me and Karen even more to get it done. Yeah, like okay, so Karen, I mean, all the all the success, it's been what? It's been one year exactly, right? Yeah. Which is insane. So 
you guys got the ball rolling, I'm sure, in the beginning, too, because you both had had really good social media presence, and I'm sure you utilized a lot of that, and friends and, and family and people already knowing what Tonal was about and excited for the launch. But how, how in such a short amount of time, if this is even, a, like, a question that you can answer, but, like, how did you guys get so big so quick? Well, one of the things that I think people overlook is the power and just basic free press. And so that was a strategy that um, was, I think, very monumental in helping catapult us. But most importantly, it's really important to create a buildup, like Josh, I mentioned earlier. So we did a buildup where we allowed our audience to feel like they were a part of the process and they were a part of what would be our launch. So there was a lot of sneak peeks. There were a lot of questions that we asked them. What do you think about this for the site? What do you think about that? And so it really helped them feel like they were, again, a part of everything from the ground up. And, you know, press, it's really important to get around niche press. So press that are, um, you know, really interested in speaking about diversity. You know, it started for us with, um, I think it was called, um, well, I know it was NPR, but there was a different publication that first wrote about us and someone from NPR read it and immediately put us on their, you know, radio that, that same week. Nice. And that became a domino effect where different publications started to hear from us. And honestly, the rest is history because people often ask, oh, how did you get in Forbes? You know, how did you, you know, get into the New York Times? Yeah. And quite frankly, quite honestly, um, it was a domino effect. We have not reached out to a single one of those publications. The only thing that we did apply for um, was Inc. 30 Under 30 and Forbes 30 Under 30. For Forbes, we were finalists. And then for Inc. 30 Under 30, we did win. Um, outside of that, it really was just being consistent with doing interviews and, and podcasts and things like that. Yeah. And and what do your, what do your families think about Tonal? Oh, they love it. They are huge supporters. My mom is honestly always on social media, liking all of her photos and sharing them. And yeah, they're really proud. When you guys talk about what's next for for Tonal, uh, what are some of the conversations that you guys have for, you know, the next 12 months? Well, I think for us, it's it's all about figuring out some of the the next steps that make sense for us. Because the thing is, like, if you're competing against, you know, the bigger competitors, if you're trying to scale at at their size, like, you know, you kind of have to know the market and as well as like what our customers have been showing us. But we know there's like so many next steps because I think there's this idea when you're a startup that you need to raise and you need to accelerate as fast as possible, then like do what you have to do, all that good stuff. Like, and that's the pressure that we definitely face. But we also know that what we provide is super important and something that's new to the market in a lot of ways. So the next 12 months, what we're working on is, I mean, on the back end, we're like building out a whole new back end that we're prepping up for our launch um, this month. Um, later this month, actually, we we're having a party in L.A., activation, just kind of like celebrating as well. But the most important part is making sure we have 100% autonomy and control over our platform, as well as scaling it out in the best way possible. So, yes, getting more photographers um, globally. So a little bit more of a global reach as well. Um, we've done really great as focusing in the West, especially in America, because we're based here. Because I'm in New York and Karen's in Seattle. So we, we have that dynamic 
uh, perspective when it comes to like people we could capture, but we would love to go into like the Middle East, Asia, Africa, South America, and also tell those stories. So there's so much opportunities there with what we're building within the next year. And um, I think it's at this point, it's just a snowball effect for us to continue to push diversity beyond just image, but diversity and the idea that these stories really matter, these people really matter, and these perspectives should exist, and it shouldn't be an add-on to another company or add-on to an ad. It should be the like priority over anything else. Yeah. Oh, man, I dig it. And so you guys are you're speaking as well. When, when did that start yeah. happening? Um, I think the speaking engagements kind of came once, I mean, even advertising agencies to publications to just people, small businesses who are interested, people just wanted to hear more about Tonal. And as Karen has said, like, unfortunately, unfortunately, diversity is really trending. So I think there's an idea that, you know, we need to expand more in the conversation outside of just like, let's just diversify everything. Like, but what is exactly does it mean? Is that, is that, you know, different types of representation when it comes to sexual representation, it comes to ethnic representation, it comes to people who could walk and people who are wheelchair bound. Like there's all types of different types of ideas of diversity. So there's, I think there's a need to have these conversations to have them like kind of be scaled out a little bit more outside of just like, let's just add a black Asian and a Latino person in this image. And now we're doing our job. So it's, it's much more bigger than that. So we feel really grateful that we get to, not only speak about something that's so important, but also so a solution to it. And when you guys are speaking, when you finish, I mean, are you, I'm sure you guys are the popular duo to come talk to. How's the reactions from yeah. everybody else, especially people that don't know about you until they see you on a panel like that? I think they're really excited. Like, they're really excited. They come up to us and be like, hey, just want to say what you're doing is great, and it really matters. I mean, last time we did a talk um, in... I'm like totally back in San Francisco. The last talk we did, um, a Caucasian man came up to us and he was just like, "Hey, my wife is African American and our son is biracial, and and I feel more comfortable knowing there's platforms like Tono that are defining way more of his perspective of what he was, how he would see himself in the world uh, when it comes to imagery." So you get stories like that. Everybody comes up to you and gives you a little bit of their kind of vision and their experience within race, culture, and ethnicity in the world. So, like, I think those are really, really vulnerable conversations to have. Um, and just the fact that we're receiving those, like, post-talk, um, it's really, really important for us to, like, realize that and also build that back into our perspective of what we're trying to do. And when you guys are doing this, are you always speaking together, or do you sometimes need to do sometimes, panels solo? Yeah, yeah, sometimes we do panels. Sometimes we do talks where it's just me and Karen and um, sometimes Karen will do a talk and touch on on tonal and importance of it like she was just talking about the Dreamforce um, conference that's happening that she's speaking at so the thing the great part about it is Karen is also a serial entrepreneur and I'm a creative entrepreneur so there's so many ways to wave the tonal flag and I think it's, it's great to have that in your portfolio as something to prioritize when you're talking to people about ideas or creativity or diversity or representation or the world or politics like it's going to come back to like what are you providing a solution to um and for us is it always goes back to tonal and our other perspectives so i think that's like that's one of my favorite things to do is do a talk and touch on serenity touch on tonal touch on my personal work and karen does the same because it shows that it's not just one solution to how you combat this or 
or one like fix all, but is a journey within it all. Yeah. Oh man, I dig it. So what other, uh, what other things are you doing right now? Cause I know you're, you're shooting all the time. So what else are you, are you stacking onto the plate other than tonal? Um, well, I'm doing a bunch of personal work. Um, so in about like six or seven days, I'm going out to Ghana and Ivory Coast and I'm going to be shooting portraits of people who are cocoa farmers. So this chocolate company called Tony's Chocolomi, uh, reached out to me to, they commissioned me to shoot portraits of people in Ghana and I'm from Ghana. So just for everybody to know, I'm Ghanaian American and Karen is Nigerian American. So we're both West African, but for me to go back home and capture that perspective, especially on the continent that, you know, has always faced when we talk about like writing your own narrative or writing your own history, always faced uh, other cultures writing the narrative for them. So it's, it's really important for me to go back and capture that as well as provide the opportunity for people I meet out there to capture their own story. So I connect with a lot of creatives and photographers and just business owners, just all types of people because things are really bustling there. It's a big, big, big population of young people anywhere, anybody from 18 to 28. There's like so many kids that are thinking of different ideas and how technology has really just connected us all. So like that's some of the things I'm working on, which I'm really, really happy about. Um, there's other smaller projects that I'm continuing to shoot, uh, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, and Karen asks me this all the time. She's just like, you know, do you feel burnt out? And, but I just really love photography. And I know when it's like, I, I could find other ways when it comes to like storytelling to like fulfill my need and not be behind the camera. Um, I could be in front of the camera. I could just watch a documentary about, you know, anything like an architect or just like a small community in Japan that likes to paint. Like it does, it does not matter. Like for me, like, long as I could get inspired by something, I'm always feeling like I'm doing my job. And that kind of informs the overall narrative of how I shoot in general, or how I tell stories. So it's kind of all connected. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're working nonstop all the time, it's not, you know, of course, a bad at all because you, you'd probably do it for free. Yeah. Yeah. That was true. Yeah. So That's Karen, Karen, on, uh, on your end, what, what else do you have going on next to Tonal right now? I do party planning. And so I'm helping uh, plan a summit and wellness summit here in Seattle, Washington. And then I also have a marketing business on the side. So I do um, develop that as well. Man, you guys, thank you so much for, for jumping on. Is there, is there any, you know, last, last minute thing that you'd like to, to let people know that are interested in, in tackling a, a big project or, or starting that company or starting the next stock photography company to try to compete with you? Like, is there, is there anything out there that, you know, you, you want people to uh, be inspired by? Yeah. I would just say be inspired by um, your why. I always say that your why should make you cry. Um, if you're passionate about it, even on the low days, on the high days, you be, you would be willing to do it. And so find whatever um, tugs at your heart and pursue it dig it and and when it comes to uh to plugs can you guys kind of let people know where they can check out tonal and also check out your own personal pages yeah so you can find tonal um that's t-o-n-l and you can find us during with that handle excuse me on twitter as well as instagram on facebook it's forward slash tonal imagery and then personally you can follow me at karen Oconquo. K-A-R-E-N-O-K-O-N-K-W-O on both Twitter and Instagram. And for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all platforms at, at Joshua Kissy, last name K-I-S-S-I. 
Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate you guys coming on and we will be connected soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Bye. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening to that. Check out Tonal if you get a chance. Go online, go on Instagram, say what up. Say hi to us, and we will see you next week. And I have a, well, you know what? We have a lot of really, really, really awesome guests coming along, too. We've had awesome guests. You guys have been awesome. Everything has been going really, really, really great for, for the Darkroom Podcast, and we're pumped to uh, to have you guys involved and have you guys listening and and sharing and, and talking about us and all the above. Man, that's the third time I said that in the intro outro. Nice. We're doing good. All right, guys, have a good week. I will see you next Thursday.